Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a toxic comedian with a mullet talks to a relationship therapist wearing a uniform, it looks like. What is that? Wearing a what? Look, is that a uniform of some sort that you're wearing? <laughs> what? What, what is kind it? Of uniform? It's a little shirt. It's got a little tarot card on it and a little, it's a little cardy and then a little hand. Ah, I know, I already know you're going to have views on tarot cards. I mean, I don't even even need to have to say anything. I'm pretty sure most people will will guess. Just assume. But before you say anything and throw me into this category now that you've brought attention to it is... a video about you. (laughs) Yeah, is that I don't... Okay, I do believe in the power of tarot cards because... I'm always okay. curious in the way that you pull a card and no matter what the card is, someone or whoever is receiving the card will have a very interesting response to it. So I'm always interested in seeing when I pull a card, what they relate that to. So if I pull a card saying like, oh, you know, this shows distress and then what do they instantly relate it to? And these people don't realize that are receiving these readings that this is what's on their mind or this is what's been bugging them, but it's what comes out subconsciously because they're like, oh, well, I've been really upset because of this or this has been on my mind and this is what I'm, I'm tossing up between this and that. Tarot cards never give answers. They only give like a situation. And so it's up to that person to determine what is that situation. And I find it really, really interesting to see what their mind goes to and what their first thought is. Like they might say, oh, this is my boyfriend or this means my dad. So it's kind of like doing psychology in the sense that where you you bring those, you know, those classic um, ink blot images and they're like, what do you see when you see this? It's the exact same thing. And I remember actually when I went okay. to, ba- I went to Bali once with five guys and they were girls and <laughs> yeah. And I um, brought my tarot cards and I did a reading for a girl and yep, you know, you as you do. And one of the guys said, can I get a reading? And I said, sure. And he loved it. And then every, after that, every single guy was like, can I do one too? They were talking about these tarot cards for literally the entire trip afterwards saying that was the best experience, bro. Like I never believed in them, but how crazy was that? This was wild, Mm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, there's no power to tarot cards. I don't think it's fate. I don't think anything like that. I just think that your initial response is a reflection of your subjection. Oh, excuse subjection (laughs) of your like um, subconscious a subconscious mind. Thank you. Lost the word there for a second. That actually does sound interesting. I I didn't know a lot about tarot cards. I just thought that was basically a psychic saying, "Oh, this, no. the, it's the spotted cat, and that means no. your grandmother's gonna die." That's that was my interpretation of them. But that actually does sound very interesting. That sounds very different to yeah. star signs, which are clearly just total pseudoscience. And did you know this? There's I don't know if you've been seeing this going around Instagram. Actually, I think you did. Mm. I think I linked it to you. But um, people who show a liking to star signs uh, tend to have a correlation with higher degrees of narcissism. Yeah, (laughs) which I can get. (laughs) I agree with it. That's such an Aries thing to send. (laughs) I know. I bet an Aries fucking created that as well. No, I agree with that. And you know what? Like, I think that if you get a tarot reading, don't do it from a psychic. Do it yourself. Like what I will do when I read when I do tarot card readings is I'll pull out a bunch of cards and I'll say, this card means like sadness. This card means job. This card means perspective. This card means 
you know, what do you want for the future? And then I say, what does all this mean together? And then they create this whole spiel and think, wow, I can't believe the cards told me this. The cards never told you anything. You told it to yourself, um, but it was just coming up in that moment in that space. So anyway, I love it. I think right, it's well, so look, such a powerful can... tool for that. I'll give you a reading. Card reading for for me, yeah. Yes, can I actually? What next time I'm in Sydney? Not now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. (laughs) We could do one now. We could do it over Zoom. Um, (laughs) I oh, of course. uh, This podcast is sponsored by Crush Organics CBD oil. No, Crush Organics. Oh, this is great. This is why they pay me. Okay, this podcast is sponsored by Crush Organics and. CBD oil is one of their many CBD products that they sell. So go to crushorganics.com. That's crush with a K. Use the code Neil for 40% off. And they have a huge range of CBD products. It's all the rage. I've been using the gummies as well now. They're great. They've got pain cream. They've got CBD oil for pets. They've got everything you need. Uh, best way to relax. Best way to unwind after a stressful, hectic day. And we're all feeling it with COVID still going around Australia. So uh, I'm sure it would relax your immune system as well. (laughs) And you know what? I'm not a doctor, but that sounds Let's not make that claim. (laughs) It probably does. Does all these good things. (laughs) Go to crushorganics.com. If you haven't used it before, just start off with two or three drops and wait a couple of hours and use the code Neil for 40% off. Okay. Hey, okay. Can I ask you a, a question? Yes. How much, because you know when uh, girls on TikTok or, you know, female comedians impersonate men and yeah. it's this kind of caricature, but similarly, male comedians, I do that for women yeah. all the time. Yeah. If you asked a, a, maybe a younger girl, okay, a girl who's maybe a teenager or early 20s and m- maybe went to a single sex high school, what's your impression of what men act like when they're in a group together. Do you do you think they would think it is a bit like that? That kind of feel oh, yeah, like fucking just footy and literally and and- yes. And I my I have a friend that constantly mimics her boyfriend, and her boyfriend is like the sweetest. He's like this giant, gentle, very you know sensitive guy. And every time she mimics him, he's like, and he was like, oh yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Just, I'm like, it from? is literally nothing like your boyfriend. No one talks like that. <laughs> it's so funny. And she does or, the same or, or like imitation football. for every guy. Yeah. yeah. It's so uh, funny. The, or I'm a dumb emotions are gay. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I always just like, piss That's myself. ridiculous caricature. If you met her boyfriend, you would be like, this guy is like the nicest, such a gem. And then when she mimics him, she just makes him like he's got one brain cell, can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. I definitely <laughs> think there's something behind that. <laughs> so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because I get it if it's, a, if it's you know, an, an exaggeration for comedic effect. That's Yeah, yeah. That's different. 80% of my career. But mm. if there are people who actually think... You know, in a way, not to be too facetious, if there are people who actually think men are like that in groups, they're well, they're, they're wrong. I mean, that stereotype comes from somewhere, but you know, this whole like, oh, I love tits and I love beer, and oh, oh, no, nah, the pink is gay. Like that's no, no one talks like that. <laughs> Find me this man. I want to meet this man. Do you know what? Like that I exact think that- man. 
I think from from having a circle of friends that a lot of them are guys that are friends with each other, when I have the guys away from the group, they're very, very different and very, very communicate differently than when the boys are around. And maybe it's because we're quite youthful still and they're all like, oh, yeah, boys. Like when they were talking about the tower, they're like, oh, fuck, the tower is so good, bro. Like literally that's how they talked. Um, but Actually, they probably didn't even. That's just my memory of it because I've got done the yeah. same thing my friend does and all these other girls do. Who knows? So. Taro's so good. Hey, <laughs> that's just an Aussie thing. I yeah, think, exactly. I don't think that's all yeah. boys. That's yeah, very that's much uh, Australians, I think, purposely dumb themselves down to, yeah. to seem more relatable and friendly. Yeah, I mean, some of yeah. our slang is just ridiculous. I was driving with someone the other day and then um, – we went the wrong way and he's like oh he mate should i chuck a u-banger or what eh?" and i'm like dude just say do i need to make a u-turn what is chuck a u-banger bro just I love why do you need to say that it's so good. ridiculous it's cultural um and boys will put on you know they'll put that on a little bit when they're in a group of men i wonder where that comes yeah. from like yeah oh this guy like yeah you, you know you change you, you probably do change you your do voice you a like step bit. into like your pers- the male perception of like yeah. peak masculinity i think um <laughs> but it's also kind of self-aware and a bit okay do you know do you remember those phrases like yolo and lit and yeah. all that then like people will start saying them sarcastically but then they basically become real yeah 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 that yeah, yeah. that is how it relates to me maybe like i would Got to make fun of guys like that through comedy and oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The boys, man, yeah. But then it became so much of a joke. Where it's like when I hang around my male friends, I'll be like, yeah, "It's the boys" as a joke. <laughs> but then it just we just did it so much, it became serious. Yeah, it but became then it's like perceived unarrived. as though yeah. we're just idiots. Um, but to be fair, uh, when you know uh, girls hang around, they'll they'll ah oh, they'll amp up this. How you doing, babe? Like that kind so of thing. So true happens so as well true. Yeah. and uh both genders can get a bit uh you know copper cop, cop it when it comes to comedy because yeah. uh when men are making fun of women they often like oh my god i'm a girl and i'm a head dogs or whatever and then when <laughs> girls make fun of guys or oh, oh oh like do do could do i just stick it in oh what's an emotion oh we're like these gorillas so true. it's so true there must be truth behind and the funny thing is about my friend that does this about her boyfriend is her boyfriend is from england and he's like beautifully well spoken with a nice english accent but she still does like oh, oh like <laughs> so good but you know it's true i don't i i have been told you know from boyfriends how gosh when i'm around women i'm much much more animated because when i'm at home i'm very introverted i don't like to talk that much surprisingly i like to just kind of sit do my own thing and then girls come around and be like, oh, my God, I miss you so much. Like, but to me, it's fully genuine. Like, I'm excited. And and girls mm. are very, women are very social, as are men. But, you know, we like to, we bond through through verbal, through verbal cues, communication. So I think I, I was either talking to Jordan or Alex about this, but uh, men are trying to basically constantly test each other on a subconscious level. I think that's where a lot of that culture comes from, of the yes. just just horrific roasting of each other and and seeing yes. testing each other's metal, and then also the the binge drinking culture, which I've definitely had my uh, criticisms yes. of. But I think that does come from a place of testing each other's metal and seeing 
how much are you capable of taking? And that culture didn't come from a void in an era where every man had to go to war and had to uh, fight and and there was no medical care and you had to brave the elements. There was no electricity. That culture actually makes a lot of sense. You have to test each other. You have to be very strong. And I think we're just experiencing a slight throwback to a bygone era and uh yeah that maybe is where that comes from but i'm totally just uh speculating that's a a good point (laughs) i think you're right and i remember in one of my previous relationships i'd always get really pissed off because he would say like oh like i've got a really big headache but i'm gonna dinner with the boys like i don't really feel like drinking but i have to and i'm like no you fucking don't if you don't want to drink then don't and then he'll come home totally fucking off his face and being like i couldn't say no because the boys were like oh don't be pussy kind of thing um so i I always was Mm. so Mm. turned off by that i'd be like just fuck and i would kind of be like just be a man just say you don't want to like fucking man up and talk (laughs) that was the old me (laughs) no but that's an interesting point because the the standing up for yourself and I guess yeah. being a lone wolf is could can be argued as a quality of being a man. So you're not yeah. wrong in saying, hey, just if you don't want to drink, look them in the yeah. eye and say, look, I'm not drinking tonight. But do you know what? At the I same think... time, <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, understand the uh, the pressure that comes in those uh, certain social situations. Now, again, mm-hmm. I think that comes from just subconsciously testing each other to to. What's tacitly being said there is, hey, so what if you're sick? Drink, because yeah. that is a toughening up process. And now we're very well aware of the damaging effects of uh, elements of that culture. But I, I also don't think we should, okay, that's probably the, the least healthy way that it's manifested in binge drinking. But uh, there are, be- if it's done in a relatively healthy way, it's not too dissimilar to uh, exposure therapy, right? It's just, you know, okay, you are feeling a bit unwell. All right, you can still go to work. You'll be okay. But yeah. it's obviously a bit different when it's, oh, you got a headache. Come on, have a pint, cunt. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> you know what, different. though? I think of and what comes above the innate need to be masculine or whatever or feminine is the innate need to be accepted by your tribe. And that will be the underlying thing for every single human, unless you have you know, and antisocial personality disorder, in which case it's not. But but basically all people being accepted by your tribe is the most important aspect <laughs> of socialization. Absolutely. And sometimes even life. You wouldn't do anything that risks it comes down to that thing I was talking about last podcast about shame. You wouldn't do things that would risk you being excluded from the tribe. Yeah. Because if you were left out of the tribe back in the day, you weren't you don't survive. Mm. Well, you're less likely to unless you're why a the, the sigma. Yeah, yeah, all sigma of that. Man. But if, you're the, it, if you have status man? in the group yeah. and yeah. you can lead the direction of the group, that's yeah. very, uh, says a lot. Yeah. Even if it is as simple as just a boys group, but there's always one or two that tend to be the, I don't like that yeah. term alpha, that's so cringy, but the, you know, the, the guys that everyone looks up to, there's, there's always a bit of status going on there and it's what you want to be. I mean, you want to yeah. be humans. I think are just very status-driven subconsciously. Yeah. We we don't realize how much we are really yearning for for status, and yeah. it can even affect our basic uh, physiological capacities. It'll it'll affect our mental health. It'll it will actually influence our serotonin levels. And yeah. 
that's how vital uh, status is to us as as not even human beings as animals and we're not really fully cognizant of it i think it's very very interesting oh, but i yeah. would also say if there are women um that are listening to this that genuinely think that all guys are just like oh tits and beer and football uh try and hang out with some more because uh okay sure <laughs> that's maybe part of the conversation yeah. <laughs> in a jokey yeah. way but uh, no, there's uh, also a lot of depth to what they talk about. So, yeah, some good roasts. I actually watched that uh, a few of that TikTokers roasts that you sent me. She's pretty good. She's a good <laughs> it's roaster. So funny. She's she's, she's really great. she's she's got good roasts and like yeah. a lot of the guys she uh, picks on c- do make cringy videos. They're not. Yeah. It's I thought she's gonna go after. I don't know, she'd be roasting Joe Rogan or something like that. But she's going after these guys who make pretty cringy videos, like roast-worthy videos. Yeah. So although now I'm I'm noticing in one video I did, there were a couple people tagging her. So yeah. we'll see if she, uh, what she has to say about me. If, uh, if she <laughs> oh, in one of your videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people were tagging her in it. So oh my we'll God. see. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. Come on. Give it to me. Oh, don't don't summon yeah. her. It's like a demon. <laughs> you don't you don't joke about summoning that shit because once you get it, regret. She's got we'll like see. four million followers. It's like hey, I it's know. A- <laughs> I've also got a fair few. Most of the guys she goes after have like none. So I will be open to a roast battle. I think that will actually benefit okay, my career. If she roasts you though, I have to be full disclosure. I will probably just inherently side with her because i love her if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about her she's a tiktok girl her name is drew d-r-e-w afuelo a-f-u-a-l-o you anyway something like that Mm. and um she she picks videos of men that will make sly comments or sometimes very obvious comments about like body shaming women and um things like that and then she'll just stitch the video so she'll put a part of their video and then just completely roast like not like it's like petty roasting like extreme insults about them being balding or the size of their dick or their height like really petty roasting but it's so funny um which is sad to say but you know she talks a lot about how it's different because she's yeah anyway i won't go into it watch her videos but Really interesting. I saw um, a lot of people roasting. Um, are you friends with Isaac uh, Butterfield? Butterfield, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am. I've been seeing a lot of people getting mad at him on TikTok. I don't know why because I don't even know who this guy is. Oh, yeah. I know I mean, he hates vegans, sense. but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I told him on the, on the podcast, on the recent podcast, I was like, hey, just so you know, Isaac, I've been plant-based for, for five months. Uh, he is the nicest person Really? I honestly have ever met in, in 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 person. Yeah, more people should meet him in person. Um because he, he actually spoke about that on that recent podcast we did. He kinda does play the villain. On your um, podcast or his? No, on his Jordan oh, and I he has a podcast. Sort of appeared on, on his one and wow. Yeah, I, it makes sense. People I you know they're gonna they've always kinda gone after him. Yeah, I mean look I, like I haven't I haven't seen anything of his, his. 
the one video I did see was him like roasting Americans, which I thought was really good and funny. That was years ago, so I think. But on TikTok, I have to be honest, the videos I've seen of him make me really dislike him. It's only doing that little like snapshot, but basically all I see from TikTok videos is, and it keeps coming up on my For You page, I don't know why, but it's just him saying like really like, misogynistic and offensive things about women which I guess is comedy but then it was like a little bit like it doesn't even seem like it's been comedy it just seems like he fucking hates women <laughs> to me I don't know sorry if you listen to this Isaac I'm, I believe me you're a really great guy <laughs> just, Definitely is, the yeah. internet does not well my for you page does not like you <laughs> yeah Obviously, no I've seen a lot of people do. roasting him on TikTok as well I you know that's, that's TikTok. Anyway. Have you ever seen yourself roasted on TikTok? Has anyone oh, like, made a video Oh, once or twice people have added me and I haven't bothered watching it. And like I look at comments <laughs> sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, this is a minefield. Because there's just ones that are like not even looking at the substance of video of the video. They're just, you know, oh, we get it. You hate women or something like that. Or, oh, you right. know, just ones like that. And I couldn't even be bothered to respond but uh, I, TikTok just seems to be everyone stitches everyone and roasts everyone. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> so happy to be, it. I'm yeah. actually kind of happy to be roasted because there's certain people that are just in echo chambers that will always have a certain perception of me as anyone with a, with a platform now. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people that don't really try and find the best version of what people are saying or what they are doing. I would actually encourage, um, watch some of his, uh, watch Isaac's, you know, documentaries and, uh, longer videos uh, okay. a lot of people would kind of be surprised and, and his second channel he does with his um fiance uh he has a fiance yeah 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 he's not at all what people make him oh, out to be he's, he's not at all like that. well i definitely am actually going to watch this and see if my views can be changed which i have to say my views are off i change my views on people literally daily like i'm the most easily persuaded you could say one nice thing and I'd be like, he's a beautiful person and say it for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm sure I'll well, be easily persuaded one way or the other. The problem with the internet is things can, and, and especially social media platforms like TikTok, things are taken out of context, mm. they're clipped out. And every side does this. Everyone who's trying to make a point finds the worst possible thing someone else has said, takes it out of context, out of context puts it on Twitter. You know, that's happened on the podcast I do with Jordan multiple times. People have clipped out something he said, put it on Twitter and and totally yeah. taken it out of context. And anyone who does that is pretty much a loser. So I don't really have time for that anyway. Yeah, um, I've definitely seen Jordan get some heat as well online, which is so interesting because I would have never, like without knowing you, I would have been like, who is this person? No idea. But it's yeah, interesting well, that now I'm like, hey, Neil's friends with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just shows how the person. media can like portray. Yeah. Well, social media can portray people as whoever they, you know, can, can shape the narrative to however they want it to be shaped. And yeah. Everyone seems to have this kind of, not a victim complex, but their uh, criticisms are justified because, oh, well, this, these people said this, so I'm allowed to say this. Or these people, I'm part of this group, so I'm allowed yeah. to say this. And I think if everyone has that kind of mentality, well, everyone's just going to be an arsehole to each other because as we've discussed on many podcasts, our ego tends to see ourselves as victims and you actually have to actively fight yeah. against that. And when you see yourself as a victim, 
it justifies being an arsehole to other people because, yeah. well, they did that to me. So, or like they yeah. did this to our group. So we're allowed to do this. And, you know, yeah, that exactly. um, is a pretty horrid mentality. Um, exactly what did um mm. what did isaac say when you said you're vegan now was he disappointed in you no i thought he was gonna roast me but he didn't <laughs> so i was i just, wonder if you we were like half, we, we had had like quite a lot of whiskey by then and then <laughs> i said i isaac gotta tell you i'm i'm um i've been on a plant-based diet and then i think jordan came out and said yeah man it, it does feel better not eating meat so then i think is jordan not eating us. meat either no, I didn't know that either, but I, I wow. no, he's always been very uh like I don't think he's ever been like a full vegan, but he's he's always been on very strange diets. Right. And uh he doesn't eat a lot of meat and unhealthy food. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I don't know. Um Look, people gotta understand that it's not necessarily, you know, public figures that are I don't think many people change people's minds. I think public figures exist and then people seek out public figures that they kind of like and that they agree with. Yeah. And then yeah, they just watch true. them. So, uh, and politicians as well. I don't think politicians are changing people's minds. To a certain degree, they they might, but that is in conjunction with an, an empowered um populist uprising or, or you know a media narrative and i think ultimately the, the people just play there's a thing called audience capture where and i wouldn't uh, i'd be lying if i said i was entirely immune to this i try to resist it but when you just look at whatever views uh, sorry whatever videos or in our situation whatever podcasts are getting the most traction and then you just try and emulate that and you yeah. end up just becoming known for one particular thing. Yeah. And almost yeah. every public figure online now falls into this trap other than yeah. the people who actively try and fight against this. And by actively fighting against this, you basically have to piss off your audience sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So everyone listening, uh, next podcast is is going to be uh, all about the footy and beer and tits. I don't know. but Do that on Jordan's podcast, not this one. <laughs> literally nothing i can contribute to tits can... but i don't drink and i don't know sport so yeah uh we can talk about boobs though i think i looked at the podcast of ours that has the most you know the ones we did where it was like what men wish women knew and what women wish men knew those yeah. ones have the most views we should do an updated one see already there you go that's that audience capture it's getting to you oh my god i fell into that there you go there you go you gotta wow. do a bit you gotta you gotta you gotta see what works and sort of analyze that but yeah uh, that's very interesting yeah yeah uh it's it's it you can see it with all the comedians all the public figures it's just the algorithm uh yeah it uh, encourages you to do things that have previously been successful and to uh double down on that I remember when we started this podcast and there were a lot of comments in the early days of people like getting genuinely pissed off that you were doing podcasting and they were like, just do comedy, bro. That's me putting, yeah. <laughs> being a bro. But that's literally like what it was saying. No, well, they actually were making comments like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, well, you are like, you're still <laughs> doing comedy. There's doing more than one thing. Um, I find that interesting, but I also was thinking about before we were talking about like hate on the internet, not that I ever received hate, but remember like when we 
started and obviously I haven't been on the internet that much except for <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> sorry I stopped talking and then it sounded like I was talking about OnlyFans or something like that which I wasn't yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> except for like that pause a cringy, was very telling <laughs> because I don't want people to google it and watch it if I said it <laughs> so not porn but an, a video where I won something and then they had to make like this montage of me talking about what I do for children and it's really cringe um well, now you've just made everyone going to want to set down. Don't look at it. Uh, I haven't seen this. I'm not going to link it to you. Um, I'd like that to die on the internet. But anyway, um, I hadn't been on the internet prior to that and, and this podcast. So I remember feeling really sensitive um, at the beginning of this because people were being so mean about me and you were trying to coach me through it you're like oh like you know you get you get used to it or you just got to focus on don't focus on that thing don't put your energy into it and like doing all these pep talks and I was like oh my god I've literally never been bitched about publicly where I can see what people think about me but what's been weird is that you You, you (laughs) endured it you got yeah we're still here well no one does it anymore well maybe once or twice here and there if I like rub someone the wrong way or something but i find that you know i wondered if it's is have i grown on people or have those people that initially left shitty comments just given up and they're like all right i i've done it now for like five weeks it it probably (laughs) a combination of both because i think this podcast went and generated its own audience i think there's a lot of people yeah regulars this podcast that maybe don't even watch my other content uh and then there's a lot of people who've watched my comedy content that just don't watch this i i people don't mm. like new people so as soon as uh you know you it was a it, look it was a pretty different yeah vibe compared to what i usually do uh here yeah. i am speaking very candidly and seriously about relationships when i was known for just pretty aggressive and abrasive comedy yeah and i can see why people would have been put off by it it was so vastly different to what i normally do but Nah, you, you know, stuck to it. And <laughs> look nah, at us now. You know, look at us now. We're nearly at a hundred. That's crazy. Uh, speaking of uh, listeners, we've got another question that we're going to answer today. This is a this is a very brief one, and we're going to use this as a springboard into a discussion about power dynamics, specifically power dynamics in the workplace, because this is something I think I'm going to have pretty. Opinions on, mm-hmm. um, but we'll we'll see how we go with that one. So, um, okay, this one's from E. As I said, when when people send in a question, unless you specifically say, uh, "I'm happy for you to use my name," I'm just going to assume anonymity because a lot of people are asked questions that are quite personal and sexual. So I'm just going to assume anonymity unless you say otherwise. So, E says. Uh, Here's the topic I would like to discuss. There's a story involved and you love it, but okay. Well, sorry. What are your thoughts on friends and coworkers going out? For friends, when is it worth risking it? And when is it okay to dip your pen in company ink, so to speak? (laughs) Love the podcast. Best of luck. We've definitely, you know, been... We've done a few we've, episodes we've on this. We've discussed this one before, but maybe yeah. we can think about it from a different angle. Maybe we've changed our opinions or uh, thought about things differently. Uh, my uh, general response to this is uh, just steer clear of people you work with. It's it's 
I know we're only human and a lot of relationships do start from the workplace, but unless it's a very strong romantic feeling, I think it's just the smart thing to do is is just avoid it. Uh, there's just so much drama that happens at work Christmas parties and work functions and especially in hospitality and, oh, God, the arts. And <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I haven't, you know, uh, been with people in my industry and yeah. it's just been awkward and people gossip about you and I hate it. And so uh, I definitely would refrain from doing it, but I also understand we're all human and, you know, we're, we're you know, five drinks in at a Christmas party and we're all stressed out and, you know, Deb, Deborah from sales is oh, giving Deborah. you the eyes and, you know, you're both feeling a bit randy and, and you, you do what you got to do. But uh, I think it's generally best to steer clear of that. Yeah, it's kind of like treat it as the same as would you fuck your roommate? Maybe, but it's a huge, mm. huge, huge risk. And yeah. I think, you know, we talked about this before, like 40% of relationships start from a workplace. That's huge. It's massive. And also most cheating occurs from workplace relationships. Um, and I think it's really like a lot of people need to become aware that it's very natural if you spend a lot of time together with someone you experience, like especially if you do a job that is stressful, um, or you're experiencing having shared experience together or spending a lot of time together. Like I know that some of the highest rates of cheating in, in jobs is one paramedics and police officers because they spend a lot of late nights together. They have shared trauma. Um, they experience things that their partners don't understand necessarily. And also particularly in police, it's very, so I've heard, very, very normalized to cheat. They all know that they're each other is cheating on partners. And I've said this in a previous podcast and people wrote in saying, absolutely, like I know a really? cop or my ex was a cop and or I am a cop and everyone cheated. <laughs> everyone cheats. They they all know about it. We, like it's so normal. It's almost abnormal if you don't. Um, so <laughs> really? Yeah. And um Wonder Even, why? Why do you think it's specifically? Do you think it's like you said? It's the the, the going through that sort of quite traumatic experiences together and yeah, stressful which, environments and that which sort is, of yeah, exactly that. Yeah, shared trauma always always bonds people, and very often when you have a shared trauma with someone or you trauma bond, it becomes sexual or it becomes it's either codependent or it's sexual. It's one of them. Um, and the late nights, which is why the third industry is lawyers because they spend first of all uh, lawyers are often attractive people <laughs> um, but they spend crazy hours and selfish working yeah we're <laughs> working late with each other into midnight their partners you know expecting well this is normal so they don't have to answer like there's not a consequence of coming home at 2am because it's a normal part of the job so yeah, it's, it is interesting when you look at it like that. Like, I, I hate to say that when I was single, I did date a lawyer once and I regretted it deeply. Um, but I would steer clear of cops and lawyers for the reason I was like, I know you'll cheat on me. I just know it. Um, but which is poor to say. And, and I know that awesome there's going to be lawyers listening to this who are absolutely faithful, loving, loyal people. And this does not apply to a lot of, it does not apply to all and it may not even apply to majority. I think it's just compared to other industries, there is such a significant increase in cheating in these industries. Um, so it would, it's too much to make me feel well, 
secure. People in uniform. That's the other thing with cops. Looking good with all that, all that, a all cop that uniform status. Uniform sexy on a woman. You got the gun. Oh, the power. Oh, <laughs> fucking someone with a gun that could kill you. Oh. Well, I work in um, I work in Bankstown with clients or Western Sydney, and um, often have to interact with Bankstown cops. My God, they are the most flirtatious they're all young they're all very like good looking very flirty and they're all got wedding rings all the time are they uh, arab yeah (laughs) a lot of them are i would say two-thirds are exactly what you'd expect (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was the most awkward laugh and just hey, yeah, I know. I, I know girls in my office that have that. hooked up on them. Yeah, true. <laughs> You're dipping in the culture yourself, bro. Yeah. These Muslim men, you know, they uh, they they need their oh, if their if their girlfriend has even kissed another boy, yeah, that's against Allah. But no, they're allowed to do whatever they want. So, have you seen that? Just quick sidetrack that trend going around on TikTok, and it's like what it's like to date. Um, a Muslim or Arabic man and it's got like the music and then it shows basically it's all these screenshots where the girls are getting like Louis Vuitton's trip to Paris blah 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 but then they also show text screenshots saying tell me where you are I'll fucking kill this person or like where the fuck are you like all these violent aggressive texts but then the lavish lifestyle that comes along with it it's super funny that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Um, follow the, the, the meme page. What is it? Western Sydney girls or something. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. On Got Facebook? great memes. Um, Instagram. I oh, think yeah. that's what it's called, Western Sydney. Oh, no, it's just called Sydney girls. Oh, uh, I define Very, it. very uh, funny. Uh, so let's. Oh, yeah. Forgot about, about the question. R- the friends. When is it worth <laughs> yeah. risking it? Now, the, if you think that it's a risk going for a friend, maybe probably don't do it because uh i can only attest to my personal experience and every time i've tried to escalate something with a friend it's never really gone well having said that actually that happened more when i was younger and then more recently that's changed a little bit yeah when i was single but i i also think this that's kind of messy and i would try and refrain from that because the friendship will never really be the same after that. Yeah. It's pretty awkward. And then if you get into a relationship with someone and then they, and you know, you tell them, oh yeah, they're my friend, but we did hook up once. I mean, that's going to be a bit uncomfortable for them. And I don't think that's people being insecure. I think, and speaking of those green flags, again, someone said, I'm friends with my ex and, and a green flag in a man is when like, he's not, insecure when i'm good friends with my ex and maybe i'm just insecure but i would feel pretty uncomfortable if someone's good friends with their ex i i don't think that's yeah uh i agree if you're in a workplace and you just and you're a male i'm just using this an example and you want to hook up with a girl you have to take into account the future risk of your future partner because if I know, like I'm a jealous person, I'll just wholeheartedly say that. Um, I know that if my partner had hooked up with a girl and had sex with her a few times and they still work together and they were like, wait, late hours, I would fucking hate that. I would be stressed about it constantly. Um, even if it had been a while it passed or whatever, I would never feel comfortable no matter what he said. So you just have to kind of, 
keep that into consideration and that risk that comes to the future. But what I was saying before, which I got really sidetracked on, sorry, about that it's normal to feel attracted to people that you spend a lot of like time with and that you share experiences with that you don't often get to share with your partner because it's a work thing and you, you can relate to each other. Although that is normal, it does not, 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 it does not mean that you need to leave your current relationship or pursue this one because it means something. Um, it's a very, very common phenomenon. I always, always have guys and girls, a lot of guys actually write, have written to me from this podcast saying they have an attraction to their coworker. We've had someone write in about this before as well. It's so common and it does not mean because you're attracted to them that you should pursue it. Um, and like when it comes to the friends thing, I have half of my boyfriends were guys that I had um, been really good friends with before and it worked perfectly because of that. But I will say as well that I've had at least maybe like five or six probably yeah, maybe more um, guys that I had considered really, really good friends that had stayed over when I had a boyfriend, that we'd hung away, we'd gone overseas together, etc. eventually confessed feelings for me. Or as soon as I ended that relationship with the boyfriend, they were like, I've had feelings for you this whole time. And it's, it, although to some people be like, oh, that's so romantic or flattering. I actually was really like, upset by it thinking I had a genuine friendship and then he was saying I've wanted to fuck you this whole time um so although it's normal to think that at times it can be really like upsetting I think as a woman to think is my do I have more value other than like a sexual attraction to a man like can I not just have a guy friend that doesn't want to pursue me sexually and make it very obvious and talk about it, which I know it seems like such a petty and first world problem thing to say. Uh, but it's just something that you need to consider because I think a lot of women experience it when they come um, become friends with guys is that the guys will just eventually at some point yeah. want to pursue them. Like with uh, the uh, stressful trauma bond- bonding in a mm. police unit or a law office what often happens is guys who might be quite shy or the you know quote unquote nice guys even though that there's certain connotations associated with that but uh, maybe aren't the type of guy that wants to hang around with the more rough boys group Mm. they feel more comfortable with women and then and then this is maybe the some of the first times in their lives where women are showing a genuine yeah. interest in their lives and then the woman might also be attractive as well and yes you know i understand from your perspective and from a lot of women's perspective how frustrating that would be it's like oh you just want to fuck me don't you but it's it's also he has that connection with you as well i don't think it's just that yeah. uh, no so, you're absolutely it, right it yeah. would be pretty i think frustrating it's mostly there. I, that. I think i think um people say this but Whenever there's a male and female friend, if they're both straight, there's more often than not, there's one of them wants something a bit more, you know? Well, Neil, one you them... and I are straight and female male friends and we're totally platonic. Yes, that's true. But I said often yeah, one okay. of them might want something more. And yeah. I yeah. even had a – I had a female – I have. <laughs> well, Uh-oh, we haven't really still... spoke. We haven't – uh, not, I'm telling your girlfriend. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, not nearly <laughs> as close as we 
were because of this situation, <laughs> okay, actually. Okay. And I wasn't sure whether she liked me or not. I could, I could sort of guess. I thought she might, but I, there's also been so many situations in my life where I'm like, I get that wrong, where I'm like, oh, she mm. likes me, and then, oh, no, she actually didn't. But yeah, uh, this one definitely did, and we did hook up, and then since then, it, I wouldn't say it's ruined the friendship, but we just... Well, we both have partners now, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hang mm. out with. Her. I don't think that's fair to my girlfriend at all. Uh, yeah, I think th- I wouldn't want her to. You know, I'd be a bit weird about that. Again, maybe yeah. I'm insecure. I don't know, but I think most men would feel a bit weird <laughs> yeah. about yeah, yeah. Y- their girlfriend hanging out in a one-on-one situation with someone they've slept yeah. with. But yeah, the friends thing. I just think if you have that physical attraction. I don't know. It's a tough one because that can develop. You, you, you know, you can start as just friends and then it can actually develop two years into the friendship. You could suddenly think, whoa, I suddenly like this person now. And then yeah. it can get awkward. And then there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Usually, though, with if someone has established you as a friend, they're not going to they're not going to change, especially if it's a a woman i tend to think once she's kind of friend zoned you it's pretty hard to for so there are instances where women have changed their minds and yeah. uh then realize well this is this is who i wanted all along but they're pretty far and few in between i think usually I think, it just becomes yeah. awkward when the guy hits on it. and then there's so many instances where it just seems so obvious to me that the guy the guy likes the girl and the girl is saying, oh, no, that we're just friends, we're just friends. But Then he pushes it. Ah, <laughs> uh, It's just it's certain things he says and the, the way he's, yeah. you know, talking to her, it does. And then and then guys get called insecure and controlling. But there's just, you know, there's also a lot of guys who have then been correct where the girl breaks up with them or they break up with them and then suddenly they're dating that, that friend and suddenly yeah. they're dating that yes. um I have done person that. Person who, who <laughs> said, that girl. you know, yeah. don't worry about them. So yeah, I think true. just trust your gut instinct. Stay clear of friends. And the other, the uh, alt, uh, the inverse of that is a, a lot of men will say, oh, you you know, you shouldn't have, or even women might even say, oh, you shouldn't have friends of the opposite sex because they're going to find you attractive. But well, that okay, that's a completely different story. Then mm, so what yeah. if they do find you attractive? The whole point is that you don't act on it. That's the main yeah. thing. Like, yeah. Then then it shows that you may not trust that other person because, okay, I'm sure there's plenty of guys that hang out with my... I'm not bragging about her here, but, you know, she's a young woman. Like, I'm sure there's guys that my girlfriend hangs out with, whether it's in a work environment or a social environment, that might find her attractive. Yeah. But so what? Like, I don't want to... You know, it's not... I don't see them as a threat. So mm. that is more... Uh, that to me seems a little bit more showing of someone's insecurity than anything else. I think that's a really good point about the friends. I actually was really surprised, pleasantly surprised to see how many responses on your green flags for men written by women in your, on your Instagram was so many of them were saying when guys have positive uh, relationships with female friends, positive relationships with a mum and sister. But yeah, definitely female friends came up a few a times. Shocked. Yeah, which is nice, I think. I also think it's a really, really good sign. I was always have been 
more trusting of boyfriends that I've had that have had lots of female friends because to him or to them, it was so normal. It wasn't like this whole like, oh my God, I'm hanging out with this girl, we're going for coffee. It was like, I've done this every Thursday with these two girls since I was 12. Like it was just very normalized. Um, And I think a lot of it comes down to, do those girls accept you as the girlfriend and um, embrace you into the group, which they all did and things like that. So it was very much a non-threatening situation. So I do want to say as well, when I had my little rant about like, uh, it's so hard boys confess feelings to me when we're friends. Like I do want to add that. I think it's, I do appreciate that that was actually communicated to me in a really nice way. And I do agree with you what you said that less of it is actually about them wanting to fuck me. But a lot of it was probably about they hadn't had someone or a female that was close to them, that spent a lot of time with them one-on-one, showed them a lot of compassion and nurturing. Like that's my personality. And I think that um, it can be interpreted as flirtatious or romantic. Maybe at some points I'm a very like, if I'm around friends, I always put my arm around them. How are you going? Rub the shoulder. That's just, I can see why people would think maybe that is flirty. I stare at them in their eyes and laugh and smile, you know? So I'm not like bitter about it. And I think that you can go about it. If you want to breach that conversation, you can be really, really like honest, treat it like you would with a therapist when you have counter transference, where I was saying that one time that guys uh, or men or even women very, very frequently have sexual feelings or romantic feelings towards their therapist, even if their therapist was a six year old grandma who's really sweet and gentle and brings you baked cookies. It's very natural to feel that sexual chemistry. And, and often the best thing to do in therapy is actually say like, look, this is, this is the feeling that's coming up for me. Like, I don't know where this is stemming from, but I'm finding that like, I'm kind of viewing you romantically. Like, what are your thoughts on this? You can say the same thing to your friend and be like, look, I found myself thinking about you a little bit romantically and like being curious about that. Like, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Ugh, I just wanted to share situation, it. Though. It's, it's I've risky. Had that conversation. It's <laughs> such an awkward conversation to have. It's awkward if you get rejected, but you could, you know, I would do it if you genuinely feel that that feeling could be reciprocated. If you don't get any vibes that it's reciprocated, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, again, it makes me think about this one, like one situation. Well, ironically enough, a situation with uh, my my uh, previous partner that I was in an open relationship with actually dealt with work and friends. So mm-hmm. two of the rules for our open relationship were don't sleep with people you work with because yeah. I'd, the last thing I want is to go to a bloody work function and have to yeah. be guessing who, which, guy, you know, was it? which yeah. guy it was exactly. And then another one was... Um, don't sleep with friends. Yeah. But then we both did one of the other. <laughs> so, uh, That's right, yeah. yeah, she slept with a, a someone she worked with and then, you know, for, apparently didn't remember me saying that, that I wasn't comfortable with that. Ooh. And then because she did that, I kind of felt like, well, all right, these rules, I guess, are just guidelines. Oh, and no. And then I slept with a friend and, yeah, it was all a mess. That but turned anyway. really bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lots of I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I want to talk about um, again. Fifty-one minutes into the podcast, damn. But uh, power dynamics in a workplace, because uh, this is look. It's probably something we've touched on on a previous podcast. A lot, a lot of these are, you know, topics that we explore from different angles and with different opinions. But 
This is something that has come to the fore in the last five to six years specifically. And I have a very unique view on it and or experience because I am a man with a profile. And to me, the rules are still unclear as to what I can do because I just don't. And this is coming from a place of ignorance, but also a, a bit of frustration. I don't, I don't really know what the, the rules are if you're a man with the profile, because if I, uh, a lot of people would say, oh, people who are famous who hit on fans, that's creepy, but okay. Any rock star, any musician, yeah. basically any famous, particularly men, and particularly if they're like a sex symbol, I can almost certainly guarantee you, I would bet my savings on it, they're fucked fans. Yeah, and of course. It wasn't a coercive experience. Yeah. I mean, you, we've all been to rock concerts and music events and even some comedy shows, right? There's a lot, a lot of women that want to fuck the rock star and the musician yeah. and whatever it may be. Now it's different when it's say in a workplace environment, mm. uh, if it's a man with, you know, power or status and if a woman feels like her, or, and this goes both ways. If it's a woman with power and, you know, a man might be under her, if someone feels like their career is on the line based on how they mm. respond to a certain um, advance. offer or yeah. advance, then I can totally understand how that is coercive and immoral. Mm. However, what, again, we've, we've talked about that. And I want to bring this up to you because you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't aware of this. Your mom was a receptionist to your dad. Yeah. Now, I want to know what your opinion on something like that would be in this day and age. Can a man who maybe is a boss and... 10 years older or whatever it may be, is that inappropriate if he hits on the receptionist or if he, you know, asks out the receptionist? Because there's a, there's a, many would say there's like a power dynamic at play oh, there. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. What, because you wouldn't exist if that didn't happen. I know. So Tanya and Paul, very inappropriate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what is your take on that? Did your dad do something well, in yeah. this day and age, if he did that, he did. Okay, you think your dad well, did something wrong there? Well, like, my mum, I've only heard it from my mum's point of view because my dad is very stoic, calm, and and reserved kind of. So she says that. My, well, my parents have a thirteen year age gap, so there's another dynamic there. Um, they met when my mum was twenty five and dad was thirty eight, um, and my dad owned a classic as well everyone cheats in this industry it was an advertising agency and my mom was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a right. cliche 13 year age gap yep. boss and advertising anyway uh, my mom was a receptionist and she said she was like oh all the receptionists would try and all the women would always try hit on your father but he's so unemotional he's so non-flirtatious that he was so rude to everyone she said that he was rude to her as well being like yep just print this for me kind of like shutting her down and my mom I don't want to say in classic airy style, but it was, was very, um, I don't want to say persuasive because it just makes her sound like a little minx, but she was, I'll say persistent and kind of aggressive in her approach being like, well, take me to dinner then, Paul, kind of thing. Um, 
And it went from there. So apparently it was the first okay, time so she... he'd ever been with a like a co-worker. Oh, or so it was she... not even a co-worker really. It's a She really took the lead there then. Yeah. It sounds like. She pursued him for a long period of time. I think. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Which okay. I, I would always say if you're a boss, it's never ever fuck your employee. But if you do... Let them be the one to pursue it so that you're out of like any kind of murky water there. Okay. Yeah. Because if you're a boss, for your situation, it's different because, you know, you you don't have people that work under you full time that you own their salary and things like that. I would say if you're a high, if you're a profile or a personality or a celebrity, fuck whoever you want. Like, to be like to say you can't have sex with fans means that you limit your entire dating pool to 1% of people who have are in the same industry or also high profile or whatever. Like That's the thing I don't understand. Am I supposed to, if I were single, am I supposed to seek out women and ask them, hey, do you know who I am? You do? Okay, goodbye. Yeah, You know, it's super weird. I don't don't understand that dynamic there. And Yeah, I don't think there is one. I mean, okay, I get it when it's obviously get it when it's someone underage. That's illegal. But mm. if they're of age and if they are a fan, and then how do you define a fan? So ha- someone who knows who I am and, and has seen my videos versus Finds someone who's funny. like, oh my god, I yeah. love you so much. You're my inspiration. You're everything to me. Yeah. Well, that, first of all, that's kind of a turn off to me, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I'm very. I I like hearing that, but it's not. Oh wow, that's so hot. You know, yeah. that's the Tell last Tell me more about I'd how have. I'm like the best person of your <laughs> entire yeah, exactly. being. Yeah. But then yeah. I'm watching, I'm, I'm a big fan of Law & Order SVU. And there has mm. been episodes where people have slept with uh, fans and, and, and people are quite condemning of that public figure saying you've taken wow. advantage of that fan relationship so a, a big one was actually the aziz ansari me too case which actually was one of the first me too cases that started to turn the tide a bit and a lot of uh, women actually were saying no this has gone too far now i don't know if you know much about that case but aziz ansari a uh, famous comedian and uh he was in his 30s i think early or mid 30s and there was a photographer who was 23 uh who met him at a event of some sort and he got her number and and just all the classic uh, pursuing, uh, you know, characteristics. And then they went to dinner and then she's written this recount of it in one of those um, smaller magazines. And there were just points in that recount where she was talking about how he was a bit dismissive at dinner and he was rude and, and, you know, I usually get white wine, but he ordered the red, but he didn't even ask me. And it's like, what, what, like, what's that got to do with anything? First of all, yeah. you're basically just painting him like he's a bit of a, an asshole, which is, you know, not illegal. You can do that. And <laughs> then uh, they went back to his place. And uh, so she basically, her recount is like she felt coerced and it ended up being like the worst night of her life. But at no point did... You know, I think if I remember correctly, there were points where she actually said yes, but she felt like she was, she said she felt like she was pressured into it. And then, you know, Netflix cancelled his show 
And he did get a special after that. He's made a little bit of a minor comeback, but his career definitely hasn't been the same. And that I I, I remember thinking this was probably the, the first Me Too allegation where there was actually a lot of grey area and 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 people who were starting to say, no, this was just a bad date or this was a miscommunication. Yeah. And I can't help it feel perplexed by that that rendition mm. of the power dynamic there because okay someone's a fan and someone has a profile what you know what pow, power is going on there i don't I, I okay so they love them and they they want to admire them and all of that but does that then mean okay no matter what even if he asks the question hey do you want do you want to sleep with me? She's always going to feel coerced to say yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm coming at this from a from just curiosity, and obviously something that applies to me. Yeah. Uh, I just don't understand what. First of all, what is a man with the profile supposed to do then? And also, what actually is the power dynamic at play there? Because I can totally understand a boss and an employee. That person holds mm. this person's livelihood. And can take it away from them and can promote them and can do all sorts of things like that but a fan and a um uh an admirer even and a and a person with a profile i don't understand the the power dynamic at play there yeah that's interesting like i'd like to read what she wrote to see if i get a different perspective because the way you explain it it does not make sense to me i don't understand why there'd be such a backlash to it because when you think about having a celebrity crush what woman would not want to have sex with their celebrity crush if you were single and there wasn't a consequence of you know whatever like losing your children and husband if someone came up to you that you've admired for years and think oh my god this is the hottest man of my entire life like chris hemsworth and he says i want to have sex with you would you be like no you too far celebrity status this could be coercive i don't understand it but maybe there's more to it than we know or there's something else in so, this article in the article I, okay i was just talking about the start of that article there that, that, that yeah. she went on to detail the actual sexual experiences and from her account he did seem very i guess what you would call frat boyy frat boyish selfish lover that. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, can yeah. I fuck you here? I want to fuck you here. How does that feel? You know, this kind of thing going on. And mm. and uh, but again, there was no point. I I have to actually because it probably is a big difference if she said yes but felt coerced versus she never actually said no. But mm. I'm pretty sure she actually said yes. But she was saying things like he couldn't read the nonverbal cues. He couldn't see that I was uncomfortable. Anyway, that that just comes to mind it's a salient uh instance of of a of a person with a profile sleeping with someone who's a fan uh but i was watching a a law and order svu episode the other day where a guy who had a big profile uh slept with uh some women that he these women that he actually did work with some that he worked with or some that he sort of loosely worked with like they were a consultant he wasn't actually their employer or something right and then the detectives were figuring out whether they could charge him. Really? And basically they they were like, all right, none of this constitutes sexual assault or rape, but what you've done is immoral. That was, I suppose, the conclusion. Yeah. Now, this is all fiction, uh, but it's, you know, it's poignant, it's relevant. Yeah. And I couldn't help it. 
kind of identify with this character. He's getting really angry. He's like, at what point, like, what am I supposed to do? Like these women yeah. were attracted to me. Sure, I was like 20 years older than them, but I don't understand where I went wrong here. Like what? And then they were kind of like, oh, so you don't understand power dynamic and all these mm-hmm. things. So I, yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask you like, what is the, when it's not an employer employee situation there, uh, I don't understand the power dynamic, but then if there is a power dynamic where it's a lot easier to coerce, um someone and this is usually in the context of a straight man with a with a profile and a and a straight woman who's a fan well then what does that say about the you know can can she not is she unable to say no if a fan says hey can i get a drink with you or hey do you want to fuck me like yeah does she not feel capable of saying no in that situation again i'm coming at this with curiosity Mm -hmm. i'm not coming at this to attack anyone i just i just I truly don't understand it. Uh, I, I understand when people like, oh, it's cringy if you fuck fans or something like that, or it's kind of gross. But again, I don't, I mean, again, if you've got a profile, like what are you supposed to do? Like, yeah, like one in three women could seek be your fan. Yeah. People who don't know who you yeah. are. It's just a bit strange. So yeah. um, it's just yeah. one where I, obviously it applies to me and I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, yeah, all right, bro. Like not everyone has a profile, but I just don't understand it, basically. I think that it's a really interesting kind of situation. And I can see it in when I think of it like outside of you and outside of major celebrities, I think of how many cases I've seen where it's guys that are in like low-key punk rock bands or something and they pursue girls and have sex with them that are like 16, 17, 18 consistently. And I can see that kind of common themes from what these women or girls say, should I say, to the one that you were just referencing where it was like, he didn't care, he was a selfish lover, he was aggressive. And when you think, I can understand it from their, that perspective in the sense that they've probably idolized this person, they've romanticized them, they've probably fantasized about him for a really long time, think he's amazing. And when you have a guy, and I can also see from his perspective is that he's a man, he wants to get fucking laid, he's got a girl throwing it, if he doesn't have to put the effort in, Maybe he's just a selfish lover. I'm not saying, oh, if he doesn't have to, why should he? Of course he should. He sounds like a bit of a douchey lover, but there's nothing wrong or illegal mm. or immoral about that, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, maybe does it's mean, that- Does anyone think that's a immoral it, or like well, illegal? Well, I mean, I think it's to immoral. To be a selfish lover. <laughs> I think it's kind of immoral. Immoral is but... a strong word if you're just <laughs> yeah. a selfish lover. I mean... Yeah, exactly. There's nothing unethical i would say that's about that it's just like you've picked a shit lover um unfortunately and that maybe it's there is i don't know i haven't actually seen any research about this ever but maybe there is a psychology that says that if there's someone is influential that people are too intimidated to say no to them but i've never come across that in my life i can see that you know there are aspects of that when you admire someone and you've put them on a pedestal, you feel like they're above you that you don't want to disappoint them. But really, is that a them problem or is that something that you need to work on as a person that you can be able to say no to someone, even if, even if they're of a high profile? Um, so it's, yeah, it's tricky. I don't see a problem with it. Like people having sex with fans, it happens all the time. Like, I know Justin Bieber used to do that all the time back in the day and like it used to be like written about all the time and I don't know, I don't feel it is problematic because imagine if you're Justin Bieber at that when he was in his prime, basically every young woman wanted to have sex with him. Um, So imagine him trying to find someone being like, I don't want you to have 
don't know me, you can't have wanted to have sex with me before or, or whatever. I do think though, if you have a profile, you have an extra additional obligation though, to really ensure that the sex is consensual. Um, which, well, maybe you don't even have well, an extra. I maybe it should just be that, that standard. Yeah, yeah, but you have to be, I think, a little bit more cautious um, about it, not... like in a workplace as well. Sure, you know? but I don't think you should be more cautious in case you get cancelled. I think that's just obviously the right no, thing to do. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, well, like for... the guy who's the the you know the working down the street. Well, I don't have to be cautious about consent because I'm not going to get cancelled. Everyone I mean, should I be think... cautious, but I I mean. Like I'll use a, an example of when I actually had a workplace romance with Dalliance. someone. I like that word. <laughs> yes, it was someone who was my superior, and it wasn't that it happened randomly out of the blue. We were very clearly attracted to one another. He was a lot older than me, so um, looking back on it now, I actually do sometimes think I was kind. Of, maybe I was taken advantage of. I was like nineteen, and he was way older than me, and. Now I look at it as a 27-year-old and think it's kind of gross. But that being said, credit because credit to this guy, he was so careful and considerate. It was literally weeks of him talking about it with me, saying, I feel attracted to you. Do you feel that? I was like, yeah, oh, my God, same. And that back and forth being like, look, I don't want to cross any boundaries. Like, And then when it got to that point, he had said it not only verbally to me, but um texted me about it as well about like if we cross this like I want you to know it doesn't like change anything it doesn't impact your job like nothing like this it's just because I find you like really funny I find you beautiful blah 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 so I think that in that way he was being extra cautious and that it wasn't just a one night Christmas party we had sex it was like weeks of him talking it through and and we didn't end up having sex by the way as well it got really weird really fast (laughs) it shouldn't it got well not on my part he went crazy um but yeah i think the way he went about it though it was really considerate in my opinion when you say you look back now and you think i may have been taken advantage of what do you what do you mean there do you think you were young and naive but because then that begs the question yeah. At what age does someone no longer be young and naive? What if you look back yeah. when you're 40 and you think, oh, when I was 27, I was so young. And we exactly. always look back and think, oh, we were young and naive. We have to, as a society, just make an age and say, all right, this is the age of consent. And then and then that, that determines the legality. But then the, whether well, it's unethical, that can be a different yeah. discussion. But I definitely yeah. didn't feel that I had been taken advantage of or that he was pursuing me solely because I was young and and you know an employee of his and of much lower thing but I look back at it and I think that you know this is a 38 year old man at that time he also was married with children however in an open relationship I will put that out there this is I've talked about two bosses of mine that were in open relationships and one I've said was really disgusting and this one was nicer i'm just so happy that two of my bosses both Man, pursued me so both in open relationships everyone's um, in an open relationship and man. they were the same age and the same star sign they were both leo men anyway um <laughs> he, he um uh. i i do think you know being 19 straight out in the industry like literally first job that i had in this particular industry um i was my first full-time job as well and i do think that maybe he 
I don't want to, it's not, I'm not blaming him, but I do find it looking back, I do kind of find it a little bit um, gross. And maybe I wouldn't have had it been a more like successful or enjoyable experience. We ended up not actually doing anything. Um, I think maybe we had briefly kissed once and then I was like, this is like actually really weird. Like I'm not like, I was a bit like, "Uh," kind of thing. And then, well, basically actually what happened was we had, briefly kissed and then someone started like um coming into the center that we worked in so we were just like left it there and then afterwards I was like oh I wasn't I didn't actually feel it that much and so he kept trying to be like can I come around can I come over like this and I was like "Mm, I'll think about it like (laughs) being a bit of did you live at home then no, no, no. I lived okay, out of home. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> no, I was I was living on my you own. Live with your parents and then it's like, hey, here's my here's the thirty eight year old hookup from an open relationship. I'll be like, Mom, you can't talk. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. Be fair. <laughs> Runs in the family, uh, hey? Exactly. But then um not long after that I actually met like who I thought at the time was the love of my life, um, a really beautiful boyfriend. And uh, I had only gone on a date, but I basically told my boss, like, look, I met someone on the weekend um, and I'm not like, I don't want to pursue this anymore with you because I kind of like have a crush on this guy. And my boss had told me, by the way, it's literally purely only, I'm only looking for something physical. I've got children, I've got a wife, like it's an open relationship. Here's my evidence, whatever. And then um, after I I said that to him being like, I'm kind of glad nothing happened. I don't want it to anymore anyway. He was like, yeah, that's totally fine. I was like, cool. That literally that afternoon, he texted me being like, I cannot stop thinking about you. Like I have such strong feelings for you. I've been thinking about you every single day. I've even talked about you to my wife. Like, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And work was never, ever the same since I had to quit because of it, because a lot of things got out of hand and a little bit like, yeah, Bad. That's, yeah, you don't yeah. do. If you're a boss, that's not you know. You, yeah. you don't put the company. Well, first you obviously got to put the the uh, security of your workers first, and yeah. then you also got to put the company first. Anyway, but uh, what what is the? Uh, I, um, how can I phrase this? What age gap is? at least in your opinion, at what point does an age gap become questionable or inappropriate? I think so that- 38 and 19, most people I think would say, yeah, okay, yeah. a bit much. Although it, it happens still, and it's probably more common than people realize. Yeah. Uh, but when, what, what, if a man is say, let's say 40 and he's single, what sort of age range I know you can't speak on behalf of all women here, but what do you think most women would say is appropriate for him to pursue? Because all those studies definitely show that men are always attracted to women in their early 20s, regardless of their age. Yeah. Uh, But I think I like to think most men are willing to put that aside for the good of society and say, all right, if everyone (laughs) is going to look down on me, for pursuing a 22 year old when I'm 40, I'll pursue, you know, what, a 28 year old, a 29 year old, a 30, yeah. you know, someone my age. What should it I genuinely what should it think? Be? I know that you're going to say, what's the difference, blah, blah, blah. But I think that once a woman is about 24 or 25, in my personal, completely non, you know, 
there's no research behind this. It's just my opinion that once a woman is around 24, 25, that at that age, she can date anyone older than her, even if he's 55. I don't care. I think that she has had enough life experience and maturity then to make safer decisions for herself. I think that if a woman is between the ages of 18 and 25, that they shouldn't seek. I think it's inappropriate or uh, concerning if there's an age gap of 10 plus years. Even 10 is pushing it, to be honest. But yeah, that would be my say. Hmm. That, so if that, someone means, was, that seems reasonable. Yeah. You know, if you're a guy and, and you're, you know, 50, it's like, all right, 25 or 18. Oh, oh no. Yeah. You know, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, that's pretty... That's actually... Uh, I'm sure you'd have better conversations with the 25-year-old. And it's like, what do you, you know... It's not yeah. like 25-year-old women are that – what do you think? They've aged or something by 25. What do you – like, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, thanks, Neil. No, but I'm serious. I'm not trying to be the, yeah. like, oh, look at me. I'm the, I'm the nice guy who paints his nails and I'm, like, in touch yeah. with my emotions, you know, yeah. and I cry. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just actually – these are just my thoughts. Like, I wouldn't – I well, the, can't stand talking to 18, 19 year old girls. They just The thing is though, the difference is so not actually annoyed. it's not about how a twenty one year old compared to a twenty one five year old looks. I don't think there's that much difference. I think there's a lot of difference in the personality or the approach that they will have to an older male. Like as a woman, like speaking from now to my experience when I was 19 when I was pursued by an older man and I was all like oh my god a dilf wants me and I'd be like you're so smart like I love what you've done with this place I love how you help the children basically anything he did I was like you're amazing like you are such a good person I can see why he was attracted to me because of that as well because I was always like vocalizing to this guy or man that how how worthy I think he is. I had him on a pedestal as a 25-year-old with the same boss, even if I was attracted, he'd have to put in a lot more work than just doing literally the bare minimum and being alive. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, I love that you have children. That's so beautiful. Like, oh, fuck, congratulations. Like now I'd be like, cool, <laughs> like, do do better. Like show me more. Right, okay. You know, so... like I feel like it's it's much harder to get it. A 20, win over a 25-year-old woman that have had yeah. more experience with men than a 19-year-old that doesn't and will idolize the minimum. Like, oh, my God, you have a car? Wow. <laughs> Should we just change the age of consent then? I mean, I mean to, to something where it's a sort of variable age of consent because it just mm. would give, at least from my perspective, I just it's just when there's clarity and there's – even if those rules are restrictive, at least, okay, there's rules, I'll obey the rules, just give me the rules. And right now it's so vague and I don't know what the rules are and I don't know what is appropriate and I don't know what isn't appropriate. Um, yeah. So uh, if if we do change that and say, okay, from, say, 16 to 25, it's, okay, consent, but there are these conditions. You know, you have to be yeah. no more than two or three years older or... They are. They do have those rules in New South Wales that you have to be like with. I think I can't remember. I think if you're 16, you can have um, sex, but you have to be within that other person has to be within two years or three years of your age, or maybe that's under 16. And maybe if you're 16, you can have. I can't remember, but there are actually those rules. I should know those. Well, maybe it should go up to uh, you know to 24 then. If uh, yeah, if if we as a society feel because that's when you do that's when your brain fully matures yeah. that's when you are a full adult really yeah uh you're legally an adult at 18 but you know you're not 
you're, yeah. you're still growing. Um, that probably needs to be updated. I don't know. Let us know what you think if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you for that. That was a... That was juicy. This is an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, juicy yeah. for sure. Uh, e, thank you for your question. Hopefully that's maybe cleared some things up for you. Uh, if you'd like to send in a question or a shout out or a topic, go to neilcohacker.com slash podcasts and all the money from your subscription will go straight to charity. Go to crushorganics.com as well. Our uh, wonderful sponsor, it's Crush with a K. Use the code Neil for 40% off all the best CBD products in the world. Uh, Eliza, uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next week. See you next time. Bye.